Welcome to the Vanessa G. Fitcast. If you think eating less is the answer to getting lean, or that you have to choose between having donuts and wine or having a body you love, well then, girl, you are in the right place. Chances are you've fallen victim to diet culture's terrible advice on how to eat and exercise. But don't worry, this podcast is going to bring you actionable information so you can start transforming your body without giving up your life. I'm Vanessa Gillette, founder and head coach of Vanessa G Fitness and Nutrition. This podcast was born from my passion for helping all women create bodies they feel confident in. Thank you for tuning in and trusting me to support and guide you. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Vanessa G Fitcast. I'm Vanessa Gillette Pozos and here with me is Omar Pozos. So today we are doing a part two from last week's episode where we talked about what keto really does to the female body. So if you have not listened to last week's episode, episode 126, please go back and listen to that one first because this is going to be a part two. We wrap up this entire series. So I hope that you enjoy the part two. Well, well, so that wraps up the benefits of keto that I most often hear about. So I wanted to, you know, acknowledge each each of those and kind of our perspective on those benefits. Yeah. But let's dive into the risks of keto. I think yes, this is the let's stuff do the that... Risks. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think this there's is, good things. There's bad things to it. Yeah. Well, I think this is what our listeners are most interested in learning about is the risks of keto. This is what I was alluding to in my Instagram story on my highlights is mm-hmm. that there are risks. And this was something I wasn't aware of before I dove into a keto diet. And you know, I did it all. I cut out all the carbs. How I, long did you do it for? About two or three months. It didn't okay. last oh, long. I mean, that's pretty impressive though. That's a good bit of time. Yeah. But I mean, I even like got all sucked into buying the exogenous ketones and all of the keto products and everything because yeah. I really, for a period of time there, I had just en- engrossed myself in this research that claimed that keto was like the solution to everything. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I found the solution. I need to do this. And I think I you know, got maybe two months in before I just felt terrible. I had lost my period, lost my cycle. I remember the the breaking point for me, you know, this was when I was living in Atlanta. It was obviously it was before we met. That's why you don't even remember this part. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm smiling and I'm laughing, not because of your situation, but because for those of you guys that don't know Vanessa personally, um, I, I love you dearly. I really do. Where is this but, going? Uh, <laughs> but every single time, like you find the next new thing, I feel like you just dive in like hundred oh, percent. Like Vanessa is like yeah. very like all or nothing when it comes to it. Like when we met at CrossFit, I mean, the girl again, love you dearly. Oh, I but- was decked out 100% in the CrossFit gear. And, Very yeah. much so. Like rogue everything. And I was like, man, I'm like, this girl really likes uh, CrossFit. So I can imagine how you, you were. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. With keto. That's why I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I definitely, and that's why I can speak to a lot of these different things is because yeah. I've been there. I get it. I've gone all or, all or nothing with so many different things. And that's what has made me so passionate about truly finding food freedom yeah. and showing women that there is a more balanced approach it to be able to get to your goals, both health and body wise. So in terms of my experience there to kind of wrap up that story, you know, I, I made it to about the two month point and then I was, you know, living in Atlanta and my sister was actually Lindsay. She was going to a horse show nearby in Atlanta. So I went to go visit her 
um, because this is when I had stopped showing for a while. And so I went to go visit her and, you know, our whole horse show family was there. And this is normally like a group of people that I just love to be around and I'm always smiling and always laughing. And I went to go spend the day with them and I just was felt miserable. And I felt like I was just irritable. Like I just didn't want to talk to anybody. And I remember like talking to my sister and just feeling like I just wanted to like create a fight for some reason. Seriously? And I just was, was like so just angry and just like I was like what is wrong with me I feel like my thoughts are out of control and then I just remember I went to go up to the concession stand to get some lunch and of course there was like no good keto options and I managed to put together the salad and it was really bad so all of that to really share my story and say that keto was not a beneficial thing for me so I I want to talk a little bit about a lot of the risks of keto again from different aspects of how they can affect uh, females specifically so The first one I want to talk about, because I do think that this one deserves just uh, the most of my personal attention to women as like a potential risk when it comes to keto, is keto and the potential for developing disordered eating habits. Yeah, that's a big one. You don't necessarily have to develop a full-on eating disorder, like a medical eating disorder, for this to be a risk for you. Because really any diet, whether it's keto, whether it's paleo, whether it's, you know, just eating clean. Or like calorie well, counting. Yeah. I mean, really any diet can, that severely restricts a specific food group can put you at risk for developing disordered eating habits. Because what typically happens is you fall into these unhealthy eating patterns where you're essentially allowing your food decisions to be guided by a set of rules. Is this, you know does this fall into the category of keto? Yes or no, then I can have it or I can't have it or then it's good or it's bad. And when we put these types of rules around food and around eating, it can really affect our thoughts around food. It can lead to this cycle of feeling guilty and feeling shameful when we eat things that aren't keto because we might declare those things to now be bad if we're trying to follow keto. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of women start to develop really bad habits and just patterns around food, whether that it turns into them now um, binge eating when they fall off the plan, you know, they follow keto as long as they can. And then they give in at their friend's barbecue and eat uh, some chips that, you know, are full of carbs, their potato chips. And now they feel guilty and they're like, oh my gosh, I fell off the plan. So they get home from the party and they're like, screw it. I already fell off the plan. Let's, you know, babe, let's order that pizza. I'm going to eat all the things that I haven't been able to have in months since following keto. And then they eat all the different things until they feel sick. And then they're like, God, now I need to get back on keto to make myself feel better. And then they stay stuck in that cycle. Yeah. And it starts, I mean literally very innocent like it starts very small like you could literally be like oh you know what i'm just gonna have a piece of cookie because i just want to feel the taste in my mouth right um and then it develops like you said to you being stuck in this cycle of binge or overeating or restricting and then you're stuck in this uh you know literally like hamster wheel of struggling with your body for the rest of your life and it starts as something as simple as trying some of these you know fad diets to the point to where, you know, now you're stuck, uh, you know, knowing, not knowing what to do or how to get out of this cycle. Right. Yeah. So if you do try something like keto or something that just restricts a entire food group and you find yourself where now you're having this obsessive focus around food, where what you eat is just all you think about 
or you just no longer even get pleasure from eating because you're just so focused on like, is this keto? Is this not keto? Then it's definitely time to consider maybe trying a different way of eating. And that's when I'm really passionate about introducing women to more of a flexible dieting approach where, like I said, we can get you the same results of weight loss, of clearing up insulin resistance, of those things that are touted as benefits of keto. We can get you there without the restriction by still being able to have the, you know, whatever it is you want at your friend's barbecue, to be able to have spontaneity, to be able to have the things you love and to have that balanced lifestyle. Yeah. And that's the best way to go about things sustainably and with long lasting results. Yep, exactly. So the second risk of keto is the potential for missing nutrients. So, you know, when we are essentially following a low carb, high fat diet, whether it's, you know, more of like a a vegetarian type of diet, whether it's more of a like dirty keto where, you know, you're eating like all of the processed foods, different things, you can still find yourself in a place where you're not actually getting the quality of nutrients that you really need. Um, You know, there was actually a review, a study of Japanese adults that showed that keto diets high in processed animal products or inflammatory fats are associated with increased mortality. And then another study even found that plant-based keto was also associated with um, risks. So essentially, there can be a lot of uh, issues when we are restricting entire food groups. And what I see happen a lot of times is people will follow something like keto because it sounds simpler than, you know, having to track our macros and actually like pay attention to all the different types of foods we're eating because it's like, oh, well, if I just eat keto, then that's simple in my head because all I'm doing is saying, is this keto or is this not keto? Can I eat it? Can I not eat it? But the reality is you're not learning about what is really in your food. You're not learning to understand macronutrients and micronutrients and how they affect your health. And what often happens is then we start to undereat specific nutrients, whether that's um, certain vitamins and minerals or if it's fiber, which is a very key nutrient that often gets missed on a keto diet because fiber does come mostly from carbohydrate sources. And then when we're restricting those types of nutrients that are vital to health, now we're going to develop more health issues down the road. So really circling back to the whole concept of, you know, the studies that show the benefits of keto oftentimes are short term. We're not seeing the long term risks of having that diet that restricts these nutrients that your body does need long term. Yeah, I feel like I'm uh, being personally attacked when you mention a lot of this because that's literally me. I'm like, you know, if it's simple, if it's easy and and it's going to give me the results I want, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Right. But like you said, when you forego those long term results or when you forego that, you know, um, um, the I guess the the long journey of getting you to your goals, you know, in a, in a efficient way without you know taking away key nutrients or fiber or stuff like that. That's where you end up more doing more harm than good because in the long run you're gonna still have nutrient deficiencies. You're gonna develop other issues that come along with not eating the right type of foods or not having the right variation of nutrients in your body. So at points I was like, oh, I don't know if you want to look over this way because <laughs> I'm kind of hiding away because that's I mean I mean I feel like most guys, my, myself included you know, it's simple. It's, you know, just tell me to eat chicken, broccoli, and rice and I'll eat it every day. But the reality of it is, like you said, 
you're missing so many of the key nutrients that down the road is going to develop into other health concerns, other issues that you're going to have to deal with anyway. So you might as well do it the right way to begin with. Yeah. And so what you're saying there of like, oh, I want the things that are simple and easy. That's where we have to differentiate between simple and easy Mm -hmm. because you can take something like macro tracking, which for a lot of people, they're like, I don't know, that sounds really hard. Or I tried that and it was really hard. And the reality is there might be aspects to it that are hard. Like there are a lot of things that there, if you want to get a result, there might be aspects to getting there that might feel hard. It might feel like it takes a little bit of time. It might take a learning curve to figure it out. Yeah. But when you have experts that are able to guide you through that process, they can take something that is hard, but still make it simple. They can simplify the hard thing to make it easy for your current situation and make it easy enough to get you to the result. And that's what you've really done yeah. is, you know, like you were saying, you've never tried keto. You've never done the really extreme things. Because I didn't have to. Exactly. Because you went towards something that, okay, for a lot of people, you know, macro tracking can feel really hard, but you dove into the hard aspects, hired people to help you teach you how to simplify the hard aspects and made it sustainable for you. Yeah, that's such a great point. And I mean, I think we do this with a lot of our just life in general, we literally pay other people to teach us things so we can get to our goals faster and, and more efficiently without having all the hiccups without having all the issues along the way. So we you know, we bypass that to be able to, you know, get to what we want to do with the help of others. So yeah, Yeah. 100%. If you want to lose weight, if you want to be healthier, if you want to just feel the best you've ever felt, it's not going to be easy to get there. And anybody who tells you it's easy is lying to you. There's always going to be difficulties on the way to getting what you want, but there can be simplifications in getting to that place. Even if it is hard, we can still simplify. And that's what we do for our clients. We cut out the crap. We cut out the things that you don't have to do. We teach you the shortcuts. We teach you the simplifications so that we can take something that is hard and make it easier for you. Make it as easy as possible. Make it realistic for you. Yeah. It comes down to, it's not about adding things to your plate. It's about removing the stuff that's there and isn't working. So you can, again, be faster and more efficient at your goals. Yeah. But then all that to say, you know, when it comes to something like keto, for a lot of people, it can sound easy because we're just, oh, it's simple. I'm just cutting out carbs. Like, that's easy enough. I can do that. But when we take the shortcut, when we take the thing that is supposed to be easier, there's typically going to be hardships in the long run from doing that. And this is a perfect example of that is now you're cutting out nutrients, you're cutting out fiber. Now, you know, you maybe you do lose weight initially from keto, but now you find yourself suddenly dealing with bloating, suddenly dealing with um, constipation, suddenly dealing with just you know, irregularity, some digestive issues. Maybe you're starting to notice symptoms of estrogen dominance. You're not feeling like yourself. Your menstrual cycle changes. This can be simply a result of you not getting in that fiber because fiber is key to every single aspect of that. Fiber prevents bloating. It prevents constipation. It helps clear out estrogen. It can really benefit you in those ways. Yeah. And isn't that funny too? Because, you know, when you start to talk about a lot of these things, people are like, oh, it's it's me. Like it's my body. I can't, you know, I can't do this or this doesn't work for me. But like you said, if you go back to square one and you look at the domino effect of the choices that you've made, this is the reason why you're feeling this way. This is the reason why you're having the bloating, why you're having the gut issues, why you're constipated all the time. But it comes back to taking a look at the decisions you made to try and, you know, lose some weight at the end of the day. Exactly. Well, let's move on to another risk with keto and that's stress in keto. So 
part of the um, benefit of keto, part of like one of the, the benefits that can be touted when it comes to keto is that it actually forces the body into a form of adaptive stress by essentially because you're restricting a nutrient, you're restricting carbohydrates. That is a stressor on the body because your body runs on carbohydrates. It's preferred fuel. So it forces your body to adapt and create a new fuel source via ketones. Now, for some people, that can be a beneficial response. Adaptive stress can be a good thing. Now, for majority of the women who come to us who need help, they're dealing with stress. They're typically in their life, in their personal yes, life. You mean they are dealing, and they might not even realize it, but they might just be, you know, working long hours. They might be dealing with just like stress in their personal life, in their relationships. Uh, maybe taking care of their families. Yeah, taking care of their families. They might be dealing with financial stress. They might be dealing with, you know, moving um, from, you know, different like homes, different things. Like, there's a lot of different forms of stress that can be present in their life. So if you're already somebody who is dealing with a lot of the natural forms of stress that we deal with in our modern day world. And now you add this adaptive stress onto your body. That can be a negative thing for your body because now we're overflowing our stress bucket and your body might not be able to adapt to that. And now we're adding extra stress on the body. So if your body doesn't have like the reserves, like the energy reserves to be able to handle that stress and adapt to it, now you end up with um, too much stress to overcome. And you can have these negative results that we've talked about in many other podcast episodes. We talked about my own experiences of overstressing my body and, you know, the many health issues that came yeah. as a result of that. For a lot of women, it can be something as simple as you already are a little bit stressed in other areas. You don't really feel that stress, but you do have, you know, a little bit of stressors going on. Now you add keto on top of it. And that's the thing that overflows the stress bucket and pushes you over the edge and creates other issues with your health. Wow. And, and I mean, think about that again. I'm always so intrigued about like how one decision can impact or have such a big impact on your body, on your stress, on your life, on your symptoms in general. And and like you're saying, you know, if you think about it for a second, if you're somebody that's already very high, strong stress, you have a lot going on and now you're restricting calories or you're trying a lot of these diets and then now you're doing keto and plus on top of that, you're probably doing hit workouts or Peloton or whatever, like your body is just in this such stressful state. Like no wonder it's going to crash. No wonder it's going to give up on you, exactly. but it's not you it's again, it's the decisions that you're making because of a lack of knowledge or, or a lack yeah. of knowing what works for you. Exactly. There's a lot of complexity to these types of decisions when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to how we handle food with our body. So it's not as simple as just saying, oh, somebody told me that keto is effective for weight loss. Yeah. There's a lot of factors to consider when it comes to whether keto is right for your body or not. You know, for some women, following this keto type of diet or just restricting carbs in general it doesn't have to be full keto, but just from restricting carbs, they can find themselves where their body goes into this protective state that can essentially like shut off the hormones that control your period, control your menstrual cycle and have a, you know, effect on different aspects of your health and will in turn affect your ability to lose weight in the long run anyway. That's why you could have these women who are like, you know, I decided to do keto with my husband. He dropped weight easily. I didn't lose any weight. And now I seem to just be like feeling worse and worse over time. Like, yeah, because our hormones are very, very sensitive. They're going to be affected by these stressors, these forms of stress. Unfortunately, our female hormones just aren't always able to handle that type of stress. They're more sensitive. And it's just doesn't mean that women aren't as strong. It doesn't mean women aren't as capable. It just means that we have to understand our bodies from a biological standpoint and recognize that they might not be able to handle the same things that a 
male with a completely different hormonal profile can handle in that way. Yeah. Yeah, So really all of that to say that, you know, when it comes to keto, there's a lot of different aspects to the stress that keto is putting on your body. So we have to remember, you know, we've talked a lot about stress in the past. What is our primary stress hormone? It's cortisol. Now, cortisol Funny enough, what helps shut off high cortisol levels if we are overly stressed is carbohydrates, ingesting carbs. So now you're putting yourself into a situation where you're eating this low carb diet that is creating stress in the body and you're not giving your body carbs to help shut off the overproduction of cortisol. And now you can develop issues like adrenal fatigue to where eventually your body can't even produce cortisol anymore at all and you just feel terrible all the time. And that's you know where I found myself for that period of time. So there's a lot of issues with that. Um, you know, another, I know we've talked about this in other episodes, but I know for a lot of women, this might be the first one that they dive into. So I want to clarify here too, cortisol also does affect your body fat stores. Um, if we are having really high cortisol levels, we're typically going to store more body fat, especially in our bellies. So, you know, we can start something like a keto diet with this attempt at losing weight. And then we find ourselves in a place where now we can't seem to lose the weight at all. And yeah, not, not a very good place to be in. <laughs> and now it sounds like you're kind of opening up Pandora's box and now you're leading down the rabbit hole of like other issues with hormones. And I mean, now you're, you're, you're literally like putting yourself in a situation that you're going to need more work to get out of and to be able to get back to square one if, if instead of had you done things the right way to begin with, right? Exactly. So let's, um, let's talk about what the effects well, let's open on up some Pandora's of those, box. Yeah, some of the different hormones are. Obviously, we talked about cortisol when it comes to stress, but let's talk about keto's impact on estrogen balance. So we mentioned before, you know, fiber typically comes from carbohydrate sources. We cut out the carbohydrates. Typically, even if you are trying to, you know, track your food and pay attention to your nutrients, you are going to eat less fiber than you would normally on a high carb diet. It's just, it's going to be a fact of the matter because you're not able to get as many fiber sources in. It's much tougher to do. So what happens to most women, especially if they aren't paying attention, they aren't counting their fiber while eating keto is they under eat fiber, which what happens now we aren't as regular, which means we aren't clearing out the excess estrogen in our bodies. Your bowel movements is your main detoxification process for excess estrogen. Now we have excess estrogen. Now we develop what is called estrogen dominance. And that can lead to a lot of issues in terms of how we feel, in terms of our menstrual cycle, and definitely in terms of our ability to lose fat. That's where a lot of women end up with a lot of you know, extra body fat in their like hips and their thighs is typically related to estrogen dominance. Are there other, um, I mean, like what, what other than of course the, the gain, the, the weight gain and all that stuff, like what are other issues that come from estrogen dominance? Well, so, I mean, uh, a lot a of lot. just how you'll, because it really all of our hormones, it's like you were saying of opening Pandora's box. It yeah. truly is like opening Pandora's box because everything is a puzzle. You remove one puzzle piece that is going to have an effect on so many different other aspects of the puzzle. Right. So it's like when now estrogen is off, that's going to affect your literally every other hormone because they all interact with each other. Got it. So okay. it, nothing is singularly one thing at a time. It's not, oh, my estrogen is my, my estrogen is imbalanced. It's off. I just need to fix that. It's oh now your estrogen is unbalanced. How long has it been imbalanced for? Because now your other hormones are also going to come out of balance because they all interact with each other. Gotcha. Um, they even inter- interact with our gut. Um, there's a lot of different 
just different ways that like your gut is talking to your body via hormones. So like when these hormones are off, your gut health is going to be off. And now you can find yourself with symptoms for different gut issues. And that's where you can just find yourself so lost and so confused and like looking at all the information on Instagram of like, do I have a gut issue? Do I have a hormone issue? Do I have this problem? You know, now I'm self-diagnosing myself on Mm -hmm. WebMD is because you're showing symptoms for so many different things because everything is just a little bit off. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's 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 the complexity of like the human body. It's one thing is off and then it, you start to show symptoms for other things. And now, like you said, you're kind of grasping at straws to see what what's wrong. Yeah, exactly. So keto also can impact your thyroid hormones. So I know we have a lot of women who listen to this podcast who are already dealing with hypothyroidism. So this is especially important for you, but this is important for everybody because even if you are not diagnosed hypothyroid, you can still struggle with weight loss if your thyroid hormones are not optimal. They're not in an optimal place, which your doctor typically isn't going to tell you if it's optimal. They're just going to tell you if you're you know, normal or not. Yeah, exactly. And for us, what we consider optimal when it comes to thyroid hormones is going to be different from what doctors are going to tell you as far as you know what is normal. But when it comes to thyroid hormones, they are very sensitive to glucose. So if we cut out carbs, we cut out glucose, this can lead to essentially your thyroid not being able to produce thyroid hormones because it needs the glucose. That's like the fuel for creating some of those thyroid hormones. So now we're developing issues with the, you know, the balance, the ratio of some of our thyroid hormones, which is going to affect your body's, um, just your overall thyroid, which, you know, like we've talked about before, I consider your thyroid to be like your master metabolism regulator. And if your thyroid isn't functioning properly, you are absolutely going to start to gain weight and struggle to lose weight. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is literally like a recipe for disaster. Like if you don't know what you're doing or you have a lot of these things, like I know we deal, like you said, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, PCOS, a lot of these things, and you're adding another stressor onto your body that's going to, you know, re- even make these uh, these other systems worse. Like, I mean, it's it's literally a recipe for a shit show. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to dedicate an entire podcast yeah. to this. Well, now two podcasts because it's such a complicated topic. It's not something I can quickly answer in one voice memo on Instagram. There's a lot to this and there's a lot of just different aspects you need to consider. So, you know, another aspect of it is, and we talked specifically about the estrogen hormone, but let's talk about how keto affects your menstrual cycle as a whole. You know, obviously keto is affecting your hormone levels. Like we were saying, one of those puzzle pieces might be off. The others are going to be affected. It is very, very highly likely that your menstrual cycle is going to get affected by Mm -hmm. keto. Most women I talk to, do find that their cycle starts to change when they're on keto. I shared myself when I did it for a few months, I lost my cycle. Many women might lose their cycle or might find that their cycle feels different. Maybe they have more PMS. Maybe they start to have um, less of a bleed. They might just notice some changes, which are not to be ignored. Those are symptoms that something is off. Um, So it's something essentially what's happening is we're depleting this nutrient, you know, we're restricting carbs that can essentially affect your body's ability to ovulate regularly. So now we're like shutting off these important reproductive functions in your body, which I mean, should clearly show a lot of women that this is a natural function in your body. This is something that should be happening every month. And if it's not happening, that is a sign that something vital is off in your body and it should absolutely not be ignored. Um, you know, it also can even go as far as keto affecting your fertility levels. I know we talk to a lot of women who spend 
thousands and thousands of dollars on things like IVF. And they don't realize that even if they're not eating keto, but if they're accidentally restricting carbs, they're going to be limiting their ability to get a response from something like IVF. They might be doing IVF purely because they have not been paying attention to their nutrition. And it could be that simple of just, you need to work with a coach who's going to teach you about nutrition, optimize your body and your health. And maybe you won't need to go through IVF at all. It can, i I remember from, I know I feel like I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but I just, I'm so passionate about this topic. You know, one of my uh, first ever clients that I had come to me that was, came to me purely because she was like, Vanessa, I have not had a menstrual cycle in seven years. I want to have a baby. You know, my husband and I, we've talked about this for a long time and obviously I need to have a cycle if I'm going to have a baby. Like, can you help me? And at the time, I honestly didn't have a lot of experience with this, but I did know the basics that, hey, if we just get your nutrition in line, your body might respond enough to it to start to create a menstrual cycle again. And amazingly, I think it was four months of us working together. She was pregnant. She got Seriously? her period back in three and she was pregnant the next month. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I still remember that day. I was crying. I was like, oh my gosh, I actually helped somebody create a life. Yeah. And it's so powerful to see how much nutrition can affect your that's body. That's crazy. And I mean, the other thing too, and, and I feel like a lot of times white people take it upon themselves to do a lot of these things. It's let's be honest, it's the financial, right? It's like, Hey, I don't want to invest in a coach. I don't want to buy this. But I mean, just speaking about, um, you know, IVF, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I know it's upwards of 40, 50 K to invest in something like that because like that, your body, yeah. like I know we, we, I was following somebody on Instagram and, uh, this particular girl is going through like the egg freezing process. Mm. That alone was like 18 grand she shared. Yeah. So my point being is, you know, if, if you really want to invest into yourself and you start off in the beginning, it's going to be one less expensive, but it's going to wreck your body or it's going to, I guess, create less of a havoc on your body if you do it right the first time, as opposed to you having to figure out the symptoms afterwards because you've messed up your body with a lot of the things. And I'm not saying keto is a bad thing or it's a good thing. It's more of like, if you don't know what you're doing, get the help of somebody that does before you start trying a lot of these things that could potentially wreck your body down the road, you know? Yeah, because your body, if you want to be able to have a baby, it needs to feel safe. It needs to Especially know, for women, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Of like, your the female body needs to feel safe in order to be able to reproduce. Your body, this is a natural an evolutionary function that your body is not going to create a baby in a place of thinking that this is an unsafe way of doing it. And that's why when we start to restrict nutrients, when we start to under eat, when we start to um, overstress our bodies, it's going to affect your ability to, it's just going to affect your fertility levels as a whole. Yeah. And it might not happen right away, but down the road, whether it's a couple months, a year or two years or whatever, like it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. Yeah. And so it's like, you might be, you know, in your mid twenties, you know, single, not even thinking about having a baby, but you might be like, Oh, well, maybe in a 10 years, I want to have a yep. baby probably shouldn't be doing these kind of crazy restrictive diets like keto because it might affect your ability to do that long term. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we talked a lot about um, the risks and the benefits of keto here. So I wanted to give you guys both kind of sides to the story so you can really ultimately make the best decision for yourself. But I also wanted to just kind of recap here of saying, you know, before deciding to move forward with a keto diet, before deciding if that's the best fit for you, I want you to think about a few things. The first one is pay attention to your body beyond the scale. So even if your sole focus is that you want to lose weight and that is why you're deciding, okay, I'm just going to do, you know, keto to like 
whatever, kickstart my weight loss journey, like people like to say, and you know, I want the short-term benefits. I don't care about the long-term benefits. I just want to lose weight. Well, still ask yourself other things. Pay attention to those things as you embark on that journey. How is your energy? How is your mood? How's your sleep? These things matter. And if you're hyper-focused on your diet, on the scale, on how your body's changing, and you're not thinking about anything else, you might develop just more issues down the road. Another thing is to pay attention to your menstrual cycle. So, you know, before you start uh, keto, make sure that you are tracking your menstrual cycle. Like I like to use the Natural Cycles app just to pay attention to the regularities, the irregularities. And then as you go down that journey, make sure you're paying attention. Like has your flow changed? Has the length of your period changed? Has the length of your entire cycle changed? Is, you know, are you ovulating later or, or are you still like on track in your ovulation? Are you not ovulating at all? These things are important. These are just simple signs from your body indicating your health levels. And then the last thing I'd recommend is getting labs checked before and a few months into following a keto diet because of all those things that we mentioned, all the risks, a lot of those things can be, you know, you can keep an eye on that by just at least keeping up with regular blood work um, and being able to watch and monitor the changes in your body before and after. So if you if you do try to uh, follow- <laughs> You're like catching your breath here. I know, it's a lot. <laughs> like if you do want to move forward with the keto diet, I really do recommend you work with somebody who could help make sure you do it the right way. Um, definitely make sure you are prioritizing plants through that process. Don't do like the dirty keto where you're just straight eating meat and butter and things where it's like, you're going to find yourself missing out on key nutrients for your gut health, especially as women. Um, you know, we really need to have a balanced gut if we want to produce hormones. So, you know, eat the fiber-rich veggie- blah eat the fiber rich veggies, eat the plant-based fats, eat the avocado, eat the olive oil, eat the nuts, eat the seeds. Those things are going to be really, really vital for your hormone health and just your health markers as a whole. So I hope that this all was helpful for you guys. If you have any other questions regarding keto, how it affects your body, or if you have any personal stories about how keto has affected your body, I would love for you to share that with me. Um, As I just, like I said, a lot of what I'm sharing here is from the anecdotal evidence that I've gathered from working with women, but I would love to hear your own personal experiences. Was it a good thing for you? Was it a bad thing for you? How did it affect you? Um, Or maybe people that you know in your life share with me because I would just love to know. So thanks so much for listening to both of these episodes. I hope that you enjoyed this whole breakdown on how keto affects the female body. And we will be back next week. See you guys. Thanks for listening. If you learned something today, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review in iTunes. And if this particular episode resonated with you, do me a favor and take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag me at Vanessa G Fitness so I can show you some love. All right, my carb queens, talk to you in the next episode.